Simplified Chaos, Episode 24. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to start leading a more purposeful life. This is Simplified Chaos. Hey, lovely friends, welcome to Simplified Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my husband and uh, handsome co-host, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? <laughs> Today's episode is a celebration. For sure. It's definitely a celebration, and to celebrate, we of course have cocktails with us. Oh, Jilly, what are you? Uh, what are you drinking today? Sorry, I, all I think about is it's a celebration, bitches. Oh, <laughs> gotta throw Chappelle in there. We've got a couple Chappelle things that, that we've thrown probably in before. A really bad impression, yeah, but that's but all I could think of when he said It's that. all good. <laughs> um, I'm drinking Gold Rush. Yeah, that's a new one. You can actually drink uh, some rye and whiskey now. I am really excited that I'm drinking whiskey right now. I am too. Thank we've you. We've been for trying that. to figure out a drink that you would like, and we, we finally found one kind of a sissy when it comes to hard out liquor and uh you've definitely found a refreshing combination yeah basically we took a bee's knees and replaced the gin with rye it's supposed to be bourbon but i have rye and it's pretty close and it tastes delicious holy moly it's so simple yet so refreshing and i am going with the boulevardier (laughs) yes i had to I had one last night and it was delicious. What's in a Boulevardier, Nicholas? It is Camparo, sweet vermouth, and rye. That was Campari. Yeah, Campari. (laughs) Camparo. I don't know. (laughs) Sombrero. But yeah, no, it's delicious. But yes, so it is a celebration episode because our daughter is turning one years old tomorrow. And for those who don't know, we've started recording on Thursday nights rather than Saturday nights to not overcommit on the weekends and mm-hmm. have a little bit more leisure time. So we're recording on Thursday. Our daughter's birthday is on Friday. Tomorrow. So why do we co- what are we covering here, Jill? Today's episode is all about reflections after one year of parenthood. Oh my goodness. And I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about. Uh, yes. I mean, we're only going to be able to cover so much in this episode, but holy moly, have I learned a ton from Me this too. year. I feel like it was like an accelerated academic program. We just were. We're would, total immersion. <laughs> would you like to learn as much as you could in one year? Just have a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before we talk about our reflection of one year with Lucille, let's dive into some gratitude. Jilly, East. what are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for Sam. All right. I know Sam. Sam is the name of our new financial advisor, and he is definitely advising us because there is a lot I did not know about investing and just being smart with money and being super, super intentional to do what's best with what you have. Right. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about financial advising, and I think this is another episode that we should probably do once we've had a little bit more of experience with Sam is, is kind of dive into financial advising. But 
a lot of people think that you have to have money to talk to a financial advisor, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, well, I hope everyone. I mean, has you should some have money. some money, but I mean, you mean a lot of money. Yeah, okay. you don't have to have a ton of money. You have to have some in, in savings or some in retirement, and want to start a plan. So, we've done a good job budgeting so far, and we wanted to take it to the next step here. And so now we're talking with a financial advisor and. He did an excellent job of just like asking us everything about everything, just like, so he knew a full picture of what our future holds. And this has been over three conversations, and we're just now getting ready to start talking about where to put our investments. We haven't even talked about that yet. This has just been three one-hour sessions of discovery, and he has been very thorough, and I've really enjoyed our time with him so far and excited to see where our money's going to go. Absolutely. And his method is very holistic where yes. he looks at the big picture and he really gets to know you and listens to what, you know, pretty much your dreams are, where you see yourself. And you really have to picture like five years, 10 years, and he really gets in depth. And that's a lot of a lot of things that I really didn't think about. I kind of think of the day to day and he gets the small picture, the big picture, because that's what helps him advise us to the best he can. And yeah, we, I learned a lot in our last meeting. So um, I definitely encourage anyone out there to find a financial advisor that you feel comfortable with and yes. you just get good vibes from because, man, our we love our guy and we would recommend him to anybody. Um, we probably could even put his information in the show notes if we'll reach out to him. Yeah, because I know he does if online. If not, we'll do it on the future one with the financial planning True. one. True. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep him a little secret then. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's a really good one. For me, I am grateful for the educated barfly. I know what that is. Yes. Your YouTube videos, that right? Is my, so this is my guy, and I've talked, talked about him before in past episodes. He is a YouTuber who shows you how to make classic cocktails, modern classic cocktails, different variations of the same cocktail and even we'll talk to you about bar basics like the different syrups you can make at home how to make clear ice and all that stuff so he's just a great resource and i've learned a lot from him and i know we sound like alcoholics but we just like again if you go back to our snob episodes like we're not drinking every night we may have a cocktail once or twice a week during the week when we're doing more of our creative stuff like the podcasting but I'm making some banging cocktails now and it's really because of just watching his videos and just going through everything. It's, it's very clear to the point and he does a great job of presenting it. So we wouldn't be having these fine cocktails this evening if it wasn't for my boy, the educated barfly on YouTube. Thank you. Yes. You rock. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wanted to keep mine short and sweet so that we can get into today's topic, which is reflecting on one year of parenting. Yes, we made it. Where do you want to start? Holy cow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Holy cow. I would like to start. Uh, I want the lesson or a reflection from one year of parenting is just letting go of control and just working with the chaos and embracing you have it to. and uh, instead of fighting it. Because, man, Lucille is her own person, she's she her is. own being. And. You know, I don't know what, like, I can't understand all the time what she wants. I have to wait for her to communicate or until, uh, I don't know, some kind of gut feeling kind of pops in like, oh, I think this is what you want. Or, you know, it's just a, a lot of experimenting. So it's like going with the chaos and also just being patient and 
being relentless and not giving up and just experimenting with a lot of different things. And you have to because that's what you have to do in the future, too, with just as they get older. Sure. Even as a teacher, like I deal with that all the time. But man, it's even more with a baby because it's not like she can communicate as clearly as my second graders can. Right. But that's, yeah, for sure. Just like letting go of any kind of control that I did have and just going with it. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've had to do a lot of experimenting. And the guesswork at the very beginning is is very tough. You don't know if she's tired, if she's hungry, if she's sick. And, and you know, I'm going to knock on some wood. Luckily, we haven't really had to deal with the, the latter part of that. But you have to try to figure out what it is. And then when you finally figure it out, it's like, ah, I, I finally got it. And then you start learning their patterns. And you can tell when they're, you know, you can tell the hungry cry. You can tell the tired cry. You can tell the tired cry that where she's getting ready to go to sleep rather than she doesn't want to go to sleep. It's just that you know it's going to happen soon. So there's a lot of things you learn. And I wonder if it's tougher. And, and I'm just thinking out loud because we're not at that stage yet. I'm wondering if it's tougher when they can start to communicate but don't really know how to articulate it at that point. I'm wondering if it gets a little bit more difficult when they do start communicating before it gets easier. So that'd be something to, it's to not really more, think about. Well, just working with kids that do talk mm-hmm. as, as a teacher, um, I don't say it gets more difficult. It just becomes different. You yeah, know, but I'm talking like two, three years old where, oh, where they're phase, just starting I don't to. Even, yeah. I don't even want to speak about that. Like I did preschool, but mm-hmm. I feel like my memory is like about the size of a pea pod. So I <laughs> forgot a lot of things. So I'm sure toddler toddlerhood, I don't know what you're going to call it, is going to be a different entity in itself. And I'm sure other parents can reach out and give us some pointers. But yeah, I mean, totally letting go of control, like just seeing what works and what doesn't work. And then I think what goes with that hand in hand is just not having high expectations or right. expectations at all. Yeah, because well, I we've, feel we've like talked about that. And it's, once, yeah, once we had like, oh, she went to bed at eight o'clock we kind of expected her to go to bed at eight o'clock the next night and the next night. And they were like, yeah, we got to stop having those expectations because every night, every day is different. Mm-hmm. Every night is different. And I feel like if you set those expectations, you set yourself up for failure or disappointment. Right. And it's better just to go with the flow rather than setting, you know, a, a standard that it's going to be like this day. And, mm-hmm. I feel I find that there's less disappointment and less, you know, pressure from us if we just kind of go with it versus like saying expecting something to go mm-hmm. a specific way. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I don't think we've really slowed down as far as the activities that we do even after she was born. We may have slowed down what we do around the house, but we are still doing a lot of things. We've even started podcasting after she was born. This is something that wasn't a part of our life before she was born. And we've found a way to fit this in with our weekly routine, with our planning nights, with our actual recording nights, with our editing and and doing the social media posts. So we have found ways to, to fit it in. And we've kind of, like you said, we know that she might not go to bed at eight o'clock every night. It might be eight thirty some nights. It might be nine o'clock. It might be seven o'clock. But we're able to adapt and adjust what we need to do. And we understand that we can there's certain things that we can get done when she's still up, and then there's other things that we have to wait until she goes to bed in order for us to accomplish it. But Well, I think it's important to say too, it's not like we were busy, busy going 
all the time before she came. No. I, fe- I think we really slowed down our life before she came. And I'm kind of grateful that we did because we had less in our calendar, you know, less things that we were busy doing. And now we're just being more intentional about, you know, what do we want to fill our calendar with and what don't we want to fill our calendar with? And right. I think she's kind of helped even more, like, made sure that we create more open space in our calendar mm-hmm. for just being and enjoying what the day brings us instead of planning all of these activities and going and doing all the things thinking that we have to with a baby but honestly we've kind of slowed down our life before her so i find right. that it made that transition in being parents that much easier for us because we weren't going and doing all the things anyway it's like yeah we had some engagements mm-hmm. here and there and but really it was kind of chill and it was what we wanted it to be right and i want to kind of piggyback on that and talk about you know lucille's first birthday party or what, what we call part, it what birthday lack party. Thereof. and <laughs> you know it was one of those things where we have a full month this month in june there's something going on every weekend and in the first place you know she's never going to remember her first birthday and this is just us i know a lot of people still value the birthdays and everything but for us, it seemed more like, you know, what the, the first birthday is really a celebration of the parents making it through one year. Sure. And we want it to be just chill. We have a lot of things going on. You know, we're not going to make a big deal of it. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we, we had to communicate with our parents is that, you know, we're not having a first birthday party. That was probably and the hardest that part. That was the hardest part. But... They took at it first, really they, well. They took it, well, you know, at first they were like, okay. But then, you know, my mom yeah. texted me a couple of days later. She's like, you know what? You know, it's it's your guys's, you know, decision. We'll support you however, and we'll celebrate however you guys want to. And so don't be afraid to communicate those things with your parents. That, that's another thing that I think that we, another benefit, and I'm kind of rambling on here, but we've been able to communicate with our parents better when it comes to how we want to raise Lucille and the type of environment and we've had to have some difficult conversations that we didn't know how it was going to go but at the end of the day they support us they just want to make sure she's a happy healthy baby just like the rest of us so it's been rather easy to have those conversations even though we thought it might be difficult true yeah and I'm kind of excited for a chill weekend I think we may or may not be having like a a laid-back cookout that it's not even like we're doing it's like we're just going to a cookout over my mom's house. Yeah. But that was something that she wanted to do. And it's like, yeah, sure. Like, we don't have anything planned. We'll go over there. You know, I think she wants to have her own way of celebrating. And I think that's kind of cool that, you know, even if we don't want to throw a big shebang party and stress about inviting people and getting it catered or favors, it's like we're not stopping our family from celebrating the way they want. Sure. It's, you know, if my mom wants to celebrate it and she wants to plan something, I think that's awesome. Like, we're not saying no to that. We're going right. to celebrate with her. And, you know, if your parents choose to like, hey, let's celebrate maybe the next time we visit. Yeah, and it you doesn't know? have to be on her no. birthday. It could be in the middle of July or even August. So I think allowing our family to celebrate the way they want to is like a way of just allowing them to do what makes them happy, but still, you know, makes us happy, too, because right. we're not the ones that are pressured to have a big party and, you know, the whole shindig it's just not what we're feeling right now and we may change in the second year the third year we don't know but right now we're uh we're just excited to just be and hang out and just do whatever we feel feels right for us yeah so do you want to do the next one or do you want me to do the next one? i can do the Go next ahead. one um so 
reflection of me for me is uh I just appreciate our bodies and our surroundings like nature. So I guess we are considered nature too. Humans are part of nature. Sure. So I just appreciate nature so much more. Like after childbirth, 100% appreciate more what my body can do and just watching her grow and develop and like look at her body parts and seeing what it does. Like when she started realizing that her, what her hands were (laughs) and like she would roll her wrists around and just like stare at them. It was just like, she was so fascinated at the small things. Or looking at her feet when she was just starting to stand to make sure that they're in the right position. It just makes you like go back and kind of look at your body and things we take for granted and we do every day and just appreciate our hands, our feet, our nose, our eyes, and just our surroundings around us. Like when we go outside on walks, the way she looks at leaves and the sky and the trees, it's just dandelions. So, it's such a great reminder to like that childlike wonder. And I just want to hold on to that for the rest of my life. So she's just, I want to bottle all of this stuff up and not, not forget it because it just reminds us that everything around us is like a freaking miracle. And it's just, the way that we are, like the fact that we have all of our body parts and we can speak and we can hear, it's like just crazy to me. And she just makes me so much more grateful than I I ever thought I could possibly be. Absolutely. So one of the things I had is that she has increased our sense of urgency. Oh, tell me more. Yes. So I, I have three things that I can think of is number one, is I was in a job that I was not really happy at and I probably would have stayed a little bit longer than what I really should have. But the fact that I was not getting much time with her when I was coming home from work, when I was working in DC, I would have maybe 45 minutes, an hour if I was lucky with her, really forced me to consider my career and make a change. And I'm glad that I did that because there's a lot of flexibility where I'm at. I'm closer to home. And your new job. And my new job. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one of the things that, you know, increased my urgency. The second thing was I immediately got life insurance after that. I probably should have had it beforehand. So she's a great motivator for a lot of things for you. (laughs) Um, You know, not only that, with the financial advisor, I think that's part of our sense of urgency. And I think the missing link that we haven't done yet, which is on our horizon, which is the next step for us is, you know, our wills, living wills and stuff like that. Yeah, and, we do that again. You know, death is obviously a thing a lot of people don't like to think about. But, you know, in this life, it's unpredictable. And you want to make sure that your loved ones are taken care of if, God forbid, something happens. Mm-hmm. So she has certainly increased our urgency to take care of the things that we probably would just still wouldn't be doing at this point. And I guess also to to make the future like less stressed. So thinking about yes. a living will, it's like I heard something on a podcast about how I think it was the minimalist, how they look at they do um, like not like a fire drill, but it's for if I'm dead, <laughs> like <laughs> somebody pretends to be dead. And they're like, hey, I'm dead. And then they all like do what they would do if somebody died like okay your living will is here i'm going to get it out i'm going to look and see what's next so that way it prepares you for the inevitable like it's inevitable it we're is all going to die it is and we want to make it as less stressed as possible for our loved ones and if you think about it it's not really depressing it's just 
preparing for yeah. when it comes. And it's almost like a fire drill. You you practice and you prepare for if there's ever a fire. So if we all know that we're going to die, why not like understand it, right. appreciate, it makes you appreciate life for what it is because we know it's, it's not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. So I think that puts in perspective, like we need to be prepared for that. And I don't want to make it stress for anybody. Right. And also for financially, like we don't want to be stressed in the future and we don't want to be stressed if anything happens to us with Lucille. So we want to get everything situated so that she's taken care of, Right. you know, we are taken care of and even retirement, you know, we want to make sure that's just a very easy transition and starting now is better than not starting at all. Exactly. Ideally, you want to start as soon as you start earning money, but You know, everyone's different and we're lucky to be in a time where we can invest a lot right now um, because we've been able to pay off damn near everything except for the house. So, you know, we're going to take advantage of where we're at in our financial situation and make the most of it. And part of that is traveling more, but that's off topic now. (laughs) What do you got, Jilly? So another reflection this year is just the importance of asking for help. And support. I mean. Definitely needed a lot of that this year. uh, Just healing postpartum. Mm -hmm. I just getting like five to ten minutes away from Lucille and just so I could go outside and walk was was life changing. Like it was so pivotal for me. I feel like I could have easily went into some kind of postpartum depression if I didn't have some kind of. I don't know, escape from it. And I don't want to say escape and as a bad thing, but I think it's not a we, bad thing. we need to balance it. And having support like my sister who lives with us and my mom and then your mom and not being afraid to ask, like I feel like I've become braver and bolder because I think you have to be that way in order to, to ask for help. Like it's not a weak thing. It's it's a necessity for us. Right. And I just, I I I, I I don't know. I just I see like my family and a whole nother and a whole nother light. Like I appreciated my mom before, but getting time away from Lucille and being able to go on date nights or getaways has been so wonderful for our relationship. And I want to keep everything we were doing before Lucille came into this world going. Right. And it's been a challenge, but I find that we've been able to do that because of the support of our family and not being afraid of asking them for right. that. And I don't know. I just value that a lot. No, we, we do value that because we do realize that not everybody has that in their lives. And, you know, it's definitely something that we don't take for granted at all. So we are truly grateful, blessed to have the support system that we do have so that we can maintain our sanity, you know, mm-hmm. um, so the next thing I wanted to dive into was having Lucille has helped me understand why it may seem that you may lose touch with your friends that have kids. No. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it sounds funny, but, you know, if you're that couple, which we were for a while, who, you know, have other friends who are having kids, having two kids, and you don't hear from them as often as you did before, there is a reason for it. <laughs> Their lives are, are are filled with a lot of responsibilities at that point. Your priorities completely change. Your priorities change. completely change. <laughs> and to be honest, I mean, they. I feel like any of our friends would still hang out if we asked them, but 
it's not on the front of their minds to ask you to hang out because they're dealing with a kid. So I understand where people were coming from, where it's a lot. I think people, when when they have friends who have kids, they feel like, you know, well, I never hear from this person again. I'm not reaching out to them. But, you know, if you make the effort to, to hang out with them, they, they're going to hang out with you. It's just it's not the thing that's on their front of their mind at and that point. We definitely have, I guess, two different perspectives now. We know the perspective of being the couple without kids. And now we are the, we have a perspective of being the couple with kids. Yeah. and we can relate to both and it definitely gives us more empathy and just a better understanding of what it's like to have kids and not have kids. And yeah, I think that, um, you know, we aren't afraid to ask any, any of our friends to hang out, whether they have kids or not, but yeah, I I definitely, there's no hard feelings. We, we understand life's busy. It definitely helps us understand parents like their situation a lot more because when they say it changes your world, I mean, it changes your world, but for the better, but yeah, like you're, there's a lot of time, especially when you have a baby, a lot of time spent taking care of the baby mm-hmm. and just, you know, thinking about like their routine and their bedtime. And it's like you kind of have to plan a little bit around that, but you still want to do your thing and live your life. And so I can see the balance of both and the perspective of both. But yeah, I, I definitely have a different viewpoint of parents and people who don't have kids, both yeah. of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I wanted to add is that uh, I've learned the lesson that perfection does not exist. No. And I think as parents and especially as a mom, we are so hard on ourselves and we want to be perfect. And I feel like it's easy to compare like why why isn't my child grown teeth yet? Or why isn't my child walked yet? Or why is their child younger than my child and they're doing all this stuff? And it's just so crazy when you think about it because each one of us is so unique and different and we grow and develop at different rates. And once I stopped like comparing to my friends and looking on social media at all these parents and these perfectly curated pictures that they would have with (laughs) certain moments with their kids, it's like I just appreciate Lucille for being Lucille and absolutely however she develops and whatever pace that is I'm going to embrace it and go with it and I really I don't know I just I I accept my flaws and her flaws Mm. I guess accepting flaws of motherhood helps you just reflect on your insecurities as a as an individual and just accept it like you know, before I would look at my stomach and evaluate like, oh, why isn't it this way? And, you know, I need to get it more toned. But then like after realizing that there's no there's no such thing as perfection, it's just you just embrace all your imperfections and you just appreciate it that much yeah. more. I don't know how it is for dads, but I think moms can be very judgmental and hard on themselves for not doing certain things. Well, from my perspective, you know, I'm a very competitive person. and so it's funny like i'm it's human nature to start comparing yourself or your kids to other kids but i i've i've thought about it and anytime i start to think about it like i immediately stop and say you know this is silly lucille is who lucille is she's Mm -hmm. progressing perfectly i wouldn't have it any other way there's nothing that we can do that's going to change that you know we allow her to explore and do things the way she wants to do it. And I think that's the best way for her to learn. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she might not be walking as quickly as one of our friends, kids might be walking or, you know, talking or growing teeth, like you said, to me, 
the competitive me is like, yeah, what the hell's wrong? But, you know, I immediately shut that down and say, you know what? She's perfect the way she is and I wouldn't change anything. So I've, I've really taught it. I've taught myself not to think about like that. And it's, it's really helped. Like I don't compare her to anybody else. Like she is who she is. That's awesome, babe. Yeah. All right. I guess it's my turn. Um, so I would say this isn't a reflection, but just one of the coolest things that I've seen um, in my entire life. And that is really just seeing you as a mom has been like one of the most rewarding things in my life because you are absolutely amazing with Lucille. Like you two have a connection that I've just never seen in anybody. It's the mother daughter connection. Uh, You know, I have a father daughter connection with her and I know that's something different, but you as somebody who, you know, is, is her food source and, and a nurturer. Um, it's just been the most rewarding thing in my life just to see that over the last year. And, you know, I can't wait to see the, the years coming up. Um, I, I, you're an amazing mom. So this has been like truly like the, the, the pinnacle of, of this last year is just watching you and her. Babe, you're make me cry. I know. I knew it was going to happen eventually on this podcast. I haven't done a good job of trying to make you cry. Well, my estrogen's been low because I've been breastfeeding. (laughs) It's like a celebration of breastfeeding too, because I'm still going strong. Yeah, no, impressive. She was, she was, uh, she was all over you tonight. Goodness gracious! (laughs) But yeah, no, I I think that's just been the most rewarding thing out of this last year is just seeing that. Well, same with you. I think just seeing you as a dad. You know, I always saw you with other people's kids and I was like, he's going to be an awesome dad. But actually seeing it happen in my home and witnessing it and you interacting with her and just being a partner, like help guide this little baby. It's just been like I'm more attracted to you than I ever have before. I 100% (laughs) agree with that. Like it's just there's there's something special there when, when, when we've created something. And now we're raising this little girl and she's a reflection of both of us. And we realize that, you know, we have to be a part of her life every day. And, you know, we're going to make the most of it every day with her. I think one lesson that we've learned from her is that I think it's made us even more open and honest because during postpartum when I was healing, I mean, I was going through a roller coaster of emotions and I had to be very frank with you. Like, listen, I'm feeling agitated or listen, I need to get out of the house. And I was forced to be direct with you. And, and I think that's been nothing but like a huge benefit to our relationship because there's nothing wrong with being direct. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, women's hormones like are changing all the time and they go through a 28 day cycle and men's change in one day. Like they go through all the changes just in 24 hours. So like learning the why of like why women are just so up and down, like I need to communicate that with you because you have no idea what is going on in a woman's body. So I have to communicate that with you. So that way, like if I'm seeming like I'm being quote unquote a bitch, it's like you understand why it's like I'm going to be frank with you. Like, hey, I'm feeling really yeah. agitated now. If you could watch Lucille for like 10 minutes, that would be great. Or I just need to go for a walk or listen, I need to go out with my mom. And you don't judge me. You don't hate me. You don't think anything less of me because I'm just You're telling you how it is. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people, you know, women, it's truly helpful for guys. Like we're dumb when it comes to trying to guess what emotions that you're going through or anything like that. We can't understand that. And the fact that you you communicate to me, 
you know, I don't think that, oh man, she's being a bitch today. You know, <laughs> I just, I don't think that because you're upfront and honest with me about it before it even gets to a point where it can escalate. You know, if you're feeling grouchy or, or hangry or whatever, you let me know, you give me the fair warning. And it's it's up to me if I want to poke the bear or not, um, which true. I try not to poke the bear. There's, there's oh, sometimes when I just can't help myself. I know. But yeah, you know, at that point, it's, it's on me. But, uh, you know, I appreciate that you tell me how you're feeling so that I can adjust appropriately <laughs> to try to A, make things better or B, leave you alone so you can get back to some sense of normalcy. <laughs> well, and I just want to encourage any women out there that like, don't be afraid to just communicate how you're feeling because men are not going to understand how you're feeling because they're yeah. not a woman. So you have to be the one that explains it to them and tells them exactly how you're feeling and why you're feeling it. And if you really don't know the why, like I encourage you to like dig deeper and find out like what your cycle is all about, why you're feeling this way, because once you know the why, it makes it explaining it that much easier. Like 100%. it's not because I'm in a, it might be in it because I'm in a mood, but I'm in a mood for a reason. Like my hormones are here, my cycle's here. This is what's happening. And it's, it's science, guys. So like seriously, like <laughs> just communicate to your partner. If you know, like if you're a woman, communicate to the man. If you're a man, communicate to the woman. But I have right. a feeling women go through so many more changes than men. Like we have to be the ones that speak up because I always tell my students this, I can't read your brain. You have to tell me what's going on. And sure as shit, what adults should do too, because I have no idea what a man feels and he has no idea what I'm feeling. We're so. mostly just horny. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Not no, you're really. not. <laughs> Anything else uh, that you wanted to reflect on? Um, one more thing, I think since Lucille came out and even before Lucille came out, I think when I was pregnant, it forced me to understand more about child development because I wanted to be prepared. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like any adult should do more digging about how we develop and grow and what changes children are going through because I think if anyone who is interacting with a child, you understand so much more about their behaviors or how they talk or, you know, just the things they do. It just makes, I feel like it just makes life that much easier when you understand the why behind things right. and the science of what's going on with our bodies. And it's helped me become a better teacher. It's helped me, it's going to help me become a better mom. So it seems to be spilling out in a lot of aspects, even just interacting with children in general, even if they're not my own. Like, it's just so cool to understand more about what's going on at that age because it just helped me just be a more empathetic a human and not be so reactive and judgmental yeah. and really asking more questions. And I feel like I'm asking more questions more than I ever have before. And it's definitely helping me become a better teacher for sure. It's definitely opened both of our eyes. I like saying that we've been red pilled. Um, it's a, reference to the matrix because we are seeing a lot of things because we are questioning a lot of things mm -hmm. and it's really helped as far as how we've gone about raising lucille thus far and our plans for raising her in the future so definitely encourage anybody to learn about child development because we don't give them enough credit for what they're able to learn well that and because we're we're giant children, if you think about yeah. it. Adults have we're tantrums, humans. too. Uh, at the end of the day, we're all humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we distinguish adults and children by age, which 
oftentimes doesn't mean anything. You know, there, there's ages for, oh, your brain fully develops here and stuff like that. But everybody's different. Like this is we, we judge things on averages and it's not necessarily we're, we're not an average. We're all unique people and you can't judge us on you know what what everybody else does or what the median is or, or whatever. You have to understand each person and what each person is going through and how they develop because we're all different and unique. Well, that and I also viewed, you know, parents as being like a hierarchy thing. Like we are the powerful ones. We are the ones who dictate what you should and should not do. And I completely see it a different way now. Like well, that's how the world is. It's it starts from the very top, and you know, we have people dictating to us, and then parents dictate. Like, if you think about think it, families families are like, and and this is going to be off topic, but this is maybe even other another episode but when you think about it families can be like dictatorships or oligarchies or whatever oh, for sure where the parents rule over the kids and you know what they say is is law um without consulting or or, or anything like that so you know it it all starts there and starts in the family unit and works its way out but i think that's a topic for another episode but yeah yeah i agree but i guess just educating myself on child development i view myself as like a co-traveler with Lucille. I think that we are both individuals living our own life yeah. and I don't want to put my fears or worries or right. struggles on her. I want her to experience that on her own and just learning that and kind of experimenting with my students in school and just being more of their friend. And I know people say like parents shouldn't be your kids friends. Um, they need to trust you and you want them to talk to you. So it's like you you kind of have to be a friend to your your kid. Right. Because that's when they start confiding in you and asking you questions. And I'm learning, I guess, how to be a better human as I'm learning how to be a better parent, if yeah. that makes any sense. No, that, that makes sense. So what resources do you have for us here, Jill? So my resource is a book called The Conscious Parent. All right. And... I feel weird saying that I haven't read it yet, but I listened to a podcast from the author. I've read so many of her quotes and everything she says just speaks to me so loudly. Like I'm nodding my head the whole time because all of the things she is talking about, the practices, the strategies, it just has completely changed my classroom. So I know it's working because it's like I'm experimenting on my students and I've noticed a complete change in the relationship I'm building with kids and just the trust and the behaviors have completely changed and it's just I'm I'm going to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy the book now, but yeah, I You're obligated. Our quote of the day is from the author and the author is Dr. Shafali Tasbury and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but we'll put all of that information in the show notes, but her perspective on parenting is just unreal and it's made a huge difference in my classroom and I'm excited to put everything into practice as Lucille gets older. Me too. <laughs> I'll teach you, honey. Nah, I'll read it. So, you have any action items for us? Well, that am is I going to do my quote the of the day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just skipped it. Man. <laughs> I had so many quotes from her, too, that I'm just going to have to pick one. Uh, okay. Once you accept your children's basic nature... You can contour your style to meet their temperament. 
To do so means letting go of your fantasies of yourself as a certain kind of parent Mm -hmm. and instead evolving into the parent you need to be for the particular child in front of you. Damn. That's... This is just good. It's just one golden nugget out of so many. So wow. (laughs) My mind's kind of blown right now. That's great advice. So your take action from this episode is read that book. (laughs) (laughs) Just let go of control. Embrace the human in front of you. If it's a little baby, embrace the chaos. And just go with it. Make intentional choices that are best for you and your family. I feel like our message is the same at every podcast, but this just has to do with our little Lucille. And Lucille, if you ever listen to this, happy birthday, baby girl. Happy birthday. We love you so much. That was a good way to end that. I thought so. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate it. We are so grateful. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot share it on social media. I'm not going to list all the different social media channels that are out there. <laughs> you know, give us a review. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It'll help us reach more people and we will talk to you next week. See you later guys. We want to thank everybody for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe and sign up to receive notifications. So you know when the next episode is live. If you like today's episode and know someone who could benefit from the topic we covered, please share it with them. And if you have any suggestions for us and want to chime in on today's topic, you can email us at simplifiedchaospodcast at gmail.com, and that's chaos with a K, or send us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you.